And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and less to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the quintessential Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Hal Perry stars as Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve on The Great Gildersleeve from 1944. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular one-hit wonders... And a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Bill and I will try to name that tune. Right, Lisa? That's right. We've got Bill on the line from Norwich, Illinois. Hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. Hello, Carl and Lisa. So glad that you're with us tonight, even on the phone. Glad to be here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I hope you're staying warm out there. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's still very, very cold. I know. Well, we've got some great one-hit wonders. I'm a fan. And so I'm going to play a little clip from them. And as soon as you know the title, shout it out. Bill, I'm rooting for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Here mm-hmm. is your first song. Jenny, Jenny. Jenny. It's ah. right. Jenny or... 75309. Yes, that's the title I prefer, but they're both acceptable. This is Tommy Two-Tone from 1981, peaked at number one in 82. And of course, when you were a kid, did you dial this number? I never did. I never Get dialed out. it. No. I did. Yeah. Never did dialed it. Well, you should. It's Eight, exciting. Six, seven, five, wait, wait, wait. Here we go. You got to call and you ask for Jenny. Come on. Who didn't do that? All right, I'm up one. Nobody has that number anymore. That's right. (laughs) That was before there was even uh, area codes. That's right. You You didn't need them then. Right? I said almost zip zip codes, area codes. All right, Bill, I'm up one. All right, Carl. uh, Hang on. Wait a minute. Carl, Carl. are you up up one? And here's for Bill. I was just checking. Who's ahead here? I am. Okay, I wasn't sure. Here's the next song. By the way, I am. Okay, got it. I felt the joy and I learned about the pain that my mama said. If I should choose to make a part of me. No idea. That's it. One choke over the line. Over the line. I love this song. This and is uh, a Brewer and Shipley released. Yep, Brewer wow, and Shipley Bill. released in 1971. And here's for Carl. There we go. All right, so we're tied up, Bill. Okay. It's a good one. All right. All right, here's your next song. Archie. Sugar Sugar. Sugar Archie Sugar is right. Darn, I said Archie. <laughs> you were close. Here, Bill. It was originally recorded by the cartoon band, the Archies. Archies. Reached number one That's for Carl. in 1969, Bill. Carl. Bill just took the That's lead. That's how you do it. Wow, Bill. 
He's Wild Bill Hickok. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we'll just call him Wild Bill. Wild sure. Bill. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Ready for the next one. Okay. Got on board westbound seven. It never rains in Southern California. <laughs> That's correct. 1972, Albert Hammond. And here's for Carl. I'm getting used to that sound. <laughs> I started out strong. That was just Jenny, strong. Jenny. Uh, Bill is good, man. I'm Tell getting you. my revenge for when you beat me at disco. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, glad you called I, back. Bill, I'm gonna I'm nicknaming you Wild Bill, okay? <laughs> okay. All right, it's your new nickname. All right, next Very one. Good. I'm sure he's been called Wild worse. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right. that's true. Here's the next song. Deep inside of me. Yes! <laughs> that is right. I promise Bill. Bill and I did not speak before the radio listen, show. Listen, Wild Bill, take it easy on me. Uh, hooked on a feeling blue suede, number one in 1974. Wow. It's a good one. I'm, I'm, I'm sunk. We got one more? One more. I'm sunk. I can't win. It's all right. Hooked on a feeling. All right. All right, here's the final song. Uh, it's a great song. Afternoon Delight. Yes, that's right, but you still lost. Afternoon Delight, Starland Vocal Band, 1976. Oh, Bill. Bill got great four. Great job, Bill. You wild, are wild. Wild Bill got four, and uh, Not So Smart Carl got two. There you go. <laughs> The two, I, I knew the two that you got, but you just were too fast. I know. Well, maybe I'm Quick Carl. You're Wild <laughs> Bill you. and I'm Quick Carl. I'm just going to go with Wild Bill. <laughs> quintessential Lisa. Yes, she is quintessential. Yeah. All right, my friend, great job. I'm going to send you some fun CDs in the mail, all right? Okay, beautiful. Thanks, Thank Bill. You. you did a Take great care, job. Bill. When we uh, come back, it's the Great Gildersleeve. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. We have a lifetime podcast, folks. If you want to get this show, the full five-hour show, every week sent right to your email via digital audio link you just click it and you can hear the full five-hour show plus we tack on 
another uh, 40 minute show called Radio Rarities. It's a program that is not broadcast, it's a podcast. Lisa and I co host it, Mike produces it. Carl Shadow writes it. We take a rare radio show and we break it all down, talk all about it. It's really cool. It is added to the five-hour Hollywood 360 podcast. That whole thing is emailed to you, to your email, on a link that never expires. If you would like to sign up, get it for the rest of the show's life, which means years and years and years, you pay one time $100.00. And you never pay again, and we send you a coffee mug, our Hollywood 360 and Radio Rarities coffee mug. You'll love the coffee mug. It's really cool. And you'll love the shows, and you'll love Radio Rarities. So it's sort of a win-win. Yeah. We're going to be doing this show for a long time. Absolutely. And if you want to just call a number, and they'll take your information and sign you up, and you'll start getting it right away along with the coffee mug. I'll ship it out uh, this week to you. If you would like to sign up for the uh, Lifetime Podcast, just call 815-900-7535. There's a live operator will answer and take your information, sign you all up, 815-900-7535. Or you can go to our website if you want to do it online, hollywood360radio.com. But uh, it's really easy. Call 815-900-7535. All right. It is time now for The Great Gildersleeve. My brother hates this show. I don't know. He just hates this show, Lisa. Well, that's where you guys part. He's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm listening to the show, and then you play The Great Gildersleeve. I turn it off. I don't know why, because I love The Great Gildersleeve. I mean, we differ there, boy, mm-hmm. I tell you. Hal Perry played Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve on this uh, series. And that character actually originated on Fibber McGee and Molly, and the character was so popular, they spun it out. It was one of radio's first spinoffs and started his own show in 1941. Huge success, lasted all the way until the mid-50s. Actually, 1957, it was on radio. Um, Great series, and he was raising his niece and nephew. It was great. Let's tune this in. Here's uh, part one of a May 21st, 1944 episode of The Great Gildersleeve. Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve. (laughs) The Kraft Cheese Company, makers of parquet margarine and a complete line of famous quality food products, presents Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve. Kraft brings you The Great Gildersleeve every week at this time, written by John Whedon and Sam Moore. Now let's join our friend the great Gildersleeve, who is still suffering the pangs of conscience for his momentary lapse into the arms of Leela Ransom a few days ago. He's also suffering because Eve Goodwin hasn't spoken to him since he confessed his slip. We find him now at home trying to gather courage to telephone her. <laughs> let's see. I could just pretend there's nothing wrong at all. Pretend the whole thing was a bad dream. Well, Eve, I can say. How have you been? Where have you been keeping yourself? No good. <clears throat> Maybe I could ask her some kind of a question about my campaign. Ask her how to get the women's vote. Oh, no, that wouldn't do. <laughs> Maybe if don't I... Don't be d- ridiculous, Leroy. This costume is just right. I don't care if it's right or wrong. I won't wear it. You'll have to wear it. Oh, make me. Leroy, what is all this, Marjorie? Leroy, Leroy has to be in a maypole dance. Stop, stop it, stop it, one at a time. 
What is this? Leroy has to take part in a maypole dance at Mayor Terwilliger's picnic, and he just... Just a minute. Let's get one thing straight around here. It's not Mayor Terwilliger's picnic. It's the annual outing of Summerfield City employees. The city pays for it. The invitation says that the mayor is paying for the ice cream. Well, the city pays the mayor. What's this about a maypole dance? The school kids have to do it. Some idea of Miss Goodwin. If it's Miss Goodwin's idea, it's all right. I want you to cooperate 100%, Leroy, at least. A maypole dance. That's kid stuff, Unc. It's not kid stuff at all. Why, a few hundred years ago, the maypole dance was a universal custom. The peasants used to dance around the maypole every spring. Grown-up peasants, too. Well, I ain't a peasant. We needn't go into that. If Miss Goodwin's putting on a maypole dance, you'll take part, Leroy, just like the rest of the children. Well, I wouldn't mind that so much, but I got a special part. Oh? What is it? I have to present the crown to the Queen of the May. They made me want me to wear this little old Fauntleroy suit and to walk up there with a crown on a pillow. And then I have to kneel down and present it to the Queen of the May. Well, I think that's a very... And who do you suppose is Queen of the May? Who? Ethel Hammerschlag. <laughs> oh, Leroy, you make me sick. Ethel Hammerschlag is a very nice little girl. Oh, yeah, the new crowner. <laughs> I not only have to crown her, but then I have to sit beside her on her throne. I don't even want to go to Terwilliger's old picnic. It's not Terwilliger's picnic, and you'll go. And by George, you'll wear that costume. But these pants are too tight. This suit is two years old. It's as good as new. You've never worn it. And today you will. Now go upstairs and put it on. Oh, for corn's sake. Go, Leroy. Okay. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Gillsleeve. What about lunch for the mass picnic? You want hard-boiled eggs? Ye gods, Bertie. This picnic is not the personal property of Mayor Terwilliger. The city is paying for an outing for its employees. Yes, sir. You want hard-boiled eggs? I'm not going. <laughs> Give the children whatever you have. Oh, Uncle Mort, I think you ought to go. And watch Terwilliger swelling around as if he owned the park? No, thank you. I fixed some fried chicken. Mm-hmm. And some nice cucumber sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Little mayonnaise on them, Bertie? Uh, just a touch. Then I could put in some of them little baby tomatoes. Ooh, delicious. <laughs> I thought I might just whip up a quick devil's food cake, Mr. Gilsey, but if you ain't going to the picnic, maybe I shouldn't bother. Well, the children will enjoy it. Besides, it never does any harm to have a cake around the house, Bertie. <laughs> no, sir. Well, I better get with it. Well, I should think you'd want to go to the picnic, Uncle Maud. I should think you'd want to see Leroy as king of the May. I'd rather imagine it. I thought you'd be taking Miss Goodwin to the picnic. By George, maybe I should, eh? I might call her up and ask her. Why not? I think I will. Uh. What's the matter? Uh, Marjorie, I wonder if you'd mind going out on the porch or something just for a minute. I, uh... <laughs> All right, Unky. I'll leave you alone. Yeah, great. Now. Excuse me, Mr. Gilsey, but have Birdie. you... Got... I'm trying to telephone, if you don't mind. Oh, pardon me. Must be something private. Uh, <laughs> like trying to phone from a cigar store. What if she says no? But if I don't call her, how can she say yes? I don't know how I get into these things. All right, Uncle, I'll leave it to you. Is this a costume? Oh, for heaven's sake, I'm trying to telephone, Leroy. Go ahead. Leave the room, Leroy. Are you going to take her to the picnic? Certainly not. Well, she seems to be heading this way. Oh, my goodness. Uncle, what's the matter? Nothing. Is she coming here, Leroy? How do I know? Hey, what are you doing behind the sofa? Where is she? Coming up the front walk. Tell her I'm out, Leroy. But you're right here. You wouldn't want me to tell a lie, would you, Uncle? You won't be telling any lie, my boy. Tell her I'm out. You don't know when I'll be back. What a character. 
Hello, Mr. Gillerstein. Well, hello, Peavy. Be right with you. I'm just measuring out some mothballs here. Right ahead with whatever you're doing. I just dropped in. Oh, just paying a little visit, eh? That's nice. No, I'm avoiding a little visit. What's that you say? <laughs> little difficulty at home, Peavy. I came down here to avoid it. Oh, well, I know how it is. There are times when Mrs. Peavy and I have our little fallings out. She says it is, and I say it isn't. She says it is, and I say it isn't. And she says it is. And, and you say it isn't. That's right. <laughs> it goes on like that, and by and by she gets impatient. And she says to me, Richard, you're a stubborn old fool. <laughs> but I fix her. Oh, how? I just say to her, well, now, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> then I go take a walk. Uh, Peavy, you're right. You're a stubborn old fool. Well, now, I... Oh, you're joshing, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, it works. It's the only way to handle them. When the wife and I have one of our little tussles, I know just as sure as I walk out that door, if I just hold out long enough, she'll give in. Well, that's a good system. There's uh, only one trouble. What's that? I never can seem to hold out long enough. <laughs> well, you're no different from the rest of us. Well, I... Oh, excuse me, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, yeah. If you don't mind my asking, who was the party you came down here to avoid? I'm not mentioning the lady's name, Peavy. I'm withholding that information as a gentleman should. Well, I only ask because I'm afraid I see her coming in the shop now. Uh, Miss Goodwin. Miss Goodwin? I'm not avoiding her. Or am I? <laughs> well, anyway, I guess I'm trapped. Oh, hello, Eve. Good morning, Throckmorton. Long time no see. <laughs> Good morning, Miss Peavy. Hee. <laughs> morning, Miss Goodwin. Nice day. Yes, it is. I'd like about... It was a little foggy this morning, though, but about 9.30 the sun broke through, so it turned out nice after all. I'd like a bottle of cologne, Mr. Peavy, if you have it. Cologne? Well, now, there, I'm afraid I'm going to have to disappoint you, Miss Goodwin. Uh, cologne is very hard to get these days. Cologne is very hard to get, yeah. I put in an order back about Christmas time, but all they were able to send me was a grocer razor blades, which I, of course, was glad to get, but it wasn't quite... Like that all over. I heard of a fellow in the hardware business who, who, uh, 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 excuse me. Have you anything else, Mr. Peavy? Any toilet water? Oh, yes, I have. Let's get my glasses on here. Yeah, I have two here. Now, this one is called Parlement d'Amour. Same as the perfume. Has a very nice smell. Oh, that's very nice. I know that one. I used to buy that for... Oh, it's very nice. <laughs> I think perhaps I'd prefer the other one. What's that? Yes, yeah, she'd probably prefer the other one, Peavy. Let's have a look at that. Well, let's see. This one is called Moment of Passion. <laughs> May I smell it? Yeah, let her smell it, Peavy. Certainly. If I can get this stuffer out of the... Stick a little sometime. Here, I'm strong. Let me do it, Peavy. I got it. There you are, Miss Goodwin. Oh, that is nice. Uh, care to smell it, Mr. Gildersleeve? Oh, no, no. Whatever's all right with Eve is all right with me. <laughs> a lot of the ladies seem to like this one. I think I'll take it. How much is that? That'll be... Let's see. It's written on the bottom here. $1.75 and 20% tax, two ten. It's all paid for, Eve. Here you are, Peavy. Oh, no, please. I don't want you to. Here, Mr. Peavy. It's all paid for. But I couldn't think it's of having no it. It's no use, Eve. Keep Rock your money. Morton, if you don't mind. Well, uh, okay. Gosh. Uh, 210 and 5 is 215, 225, 250, and 50 is $3. Thank you. 
Uh, here's your parcel. Thank you. Goodbye, Mr. Peavy. Goodbye. Oh, Eve, just a minute. Yes? I mean, uh, speaking of the weather, Eve, I mean, uh, are you going to the picnic today, Eve? I expect to, yes. Some of the children from the school are giving a little performance. Yeah, I know. Leroy, he can hardly wait. Are you going with anybody in particular? I'm going with a group of the teachers. Oh. Well, perhaps I'll see you around. Perhaps. Goodbye, Mr. Peavy. Goodbye. Goodbye, Eve. See you around. A <laughs> uh, little trouble there, Mr. Gildersleeve? What do you think? <laughs> well, so it goes. Are you going to the mayor's picnic? I don't know. whole thing is just a political scheme to get votes anyway. If she won't go with me. Well, a lot of things can happen at a picnic. I went to a picnic once. That's when I was a young fellow. I was working for a wholesale drug firm at the time. Dunninger and Holtz, it was. Well, sir, I, I went to this picnic, and who do you suppose I met there? Your future wife. Uh, somebody told you. You did. Oh, did I? <laughs> well, it's a fact. That's the way I met her. Now, who knows? If you go to this picnic today... I've already you... met my future wife, Peavy. Only she won't speak to me. For all I know, she won't be my wife, either. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. Oh, no? You just saw her, didn't you? Saw the way she treated me. Yes, I did. As if I were a skunk. Well, she wasn't very neighborly. <laughs> but, uh, what I always say is actions speak louder than words. Oh? What do you mean? Let me ask you something, Mr. Gildersleeve. Has she given you back your ring? Why, no, no, she hasn't. Mm. What are you worrying about, then? She'll come around. Peavy, by George. Maybe I will go to that picnic. I would, if I were you. After all... What's a picnic without a skunk? <laughs> the Great Gildersleeve will be with us again in just a few seconds. All right. You heard him say it. That's I how, did. You know who that is right there, don't you? Ken Carpenter. Yeah, sure. Is that Ken Carpenter? Wait a minute. Hang on a second. Is that Ken Carpenter... Was that Ken Carpenter or not? Um, let me see here. Um, I don't know. Ooh, not prepared for class. Gosh. Oh. Yeah, Ken Carpenter. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I was right. Just making I sure. Heard, I heard his voice, and I'm like, gosh, is that Harlow Wilcox or is that Ken Carpenter? Ken Carpenter. Of course. All right, and that's who I said. See, I took my provagen. May 21st, 1944, the first portion of The Great Gildersleeve. And you know who that woman is on there? You know who's playing Eve Goodwin, don't you? B. Benadera. She was the voice of, of Betty, Betty Rubble. Rubble from she the was also on Petticoat Junction. Right, she was the sure. mom. Remember? I do. All right, more of, uh, more of Hollywood 360 after this. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. 
Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Lisa, I have a little... uh little true factoid for you here about Hal Perry, the great Gildersleeve. He and his second wife, Gloria, were wed unofficially in a ceremony on July 8th, 1946 in Tijuana, Mexico. <laughs> Is that how you have to say <laughs> I'm it? I'm trying to say it like Tijuana, Mexico. Oh, okay. How's that? Pretty good? Good, good. good. Oh, yeah. Good? Great. Me- Tijuana, Mexico. Oh, yeah. You right. sound very authentic. Their, <laughs> their nuptials were in secret and not legal. They officially tied the knot on June 24th, 1947. So about a year later, mm-hmm. just four days after the dissolution of his marriage to his first mm, wife. Interesting timing mm. there. Mm. What was going on with you? <laughs> Gildersleeve. He was busy back behind the scenes there. Oh, Gloria. <laughs> Let's go to Tijuana. <laughs> uh, you know, you got these these they're real people too. These 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 actors we're listening well, to, they were and real the point people. Is all sorts of things went on, you know, yeah. back in the forties, the way they do today. I, you know, they just didn't talk about him as yeah. much. Yeah, he's like, hey, let's go to Tijuana. Look, divorce was not very common oh, yeah, in the nineteen forties. No. He didn't get a divorce; he got a dissolution oh. of well, his marriage. I don't know. That's different. It is, but, isn't it? Yeah. You're you're married to a lawyer. Call yeah. him up and ask him. I don't think you can get one once you're like. Legally married after yeah, a certain dissolution. Time. I maybe that, that is might a divorce. Just be a that might be just a technical term for divorce. I'm guessing so. You know, but anyway, uh, good old Hal Perry over here. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're listening to an episode of The Great Gildersleeve, May 21st, 1944. Here's the conclusion. Now back to Summerfield and The Great Gildersleeve. The city employees' picnic is well underway with games for the children, tests of strength and skill for the gentlemen, and special events for the ladies, all to the strains of the sanitation department band. Just a minute, please. Uh-oh, Terwilliger's going to talk some more. Uh, when you've finished your lunches, you'll find ice cream is being served at that table under the tree there. All absolutely free with the compliments of your old friend and our next mayor, Cyrus L. Terwilliger. Oh, that's me. <laughs> uh, the big ham. Eat hearty, folks. Yeah, sure, eat hearty, folks. It'll all come out of your taxes. How about it, Uncle Mort? Should we have lunch? We better grab some places. Now, Leroy, you'll not grab anything. I wonder if Miss Goodwin's around. Oh, let's invite her to have lunch with us. Yeah. Oh, I see her. Hey, Miss Goodwin. Hey. <laughs> Leroy, that's no way. Well, here she comes. Oh, you Eve. Will you sit here with us, Miss Goodwin? I'd love to, Marjorie. Great. I'll tell you what you do, children. Uh, don't you? Why don't you go over and eat at that table over there where all the children are? And leave Miss Goodwin and me. But, Uncle, I want to eat with Miss Goodwin. Do as I tell you, Leroy. Take your lunch and go over there. 
There's a nice place right at the end of the table. Well, Throckmorton, I don't think you ought to send them off. Run along, Leroy. You too, Marjorie. Uncle Mort, I'm not a child. Then you're old enough to realize that I have things to say to Miss Goodwin. Now, will you run along? <laughs> well, put it that way. <laughs> I don't know that I have anything to say to you, Throckmorton. I came over because Leroy asked me. Eve, please, you don't have to say anything. Just sit here and share my lunch with me. Really, I'm not hungry. Or I'd have brought my own lunch. Oh, come on, Eve. I've got plenty. I've got loads here. You see, fried chicken. Here are two drumsticks. One for you and one for me. Boo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Hooker, how you startle me. Uh, won't you join us, Judge? Yes, yes. Thank you. I'd be delighted. But I seem to have mislaid my lunch. I can't imagine... Oh, Throckmorton has lots of lunch. Oh, we're full of lunch. <laughs> Do sit down. Throckmorton would be only too glad to have you share his lunch, wouldn't you, Throckmorton? Sure, old goat. In that case, I'll be only too glad to accept the invitation. Well, this is cozy, isn't it, Gildy? Three's a crowd, Judge. Oh, now, don't say that. Have a drumstick, Judge? Oh, thank you. I seem to be a little hungry today for some reason. You're always hungry. Well, I want to tell you, that's the finest fried chicken I've ever put in my mouth. Wipe your chin. Oh, Throckmorton, a drumstick for you? No, thanks. What? I'm not hungry. Oh, come now, that's nonsense. There's all this chicken here. Go ahead and try it, Gilly. It's marvelous. Thank you, Judge. That's very generous of you. <laughs> but I seem to have lost my appetite. Oh, well, all right. Ah, but you're missing something. Finest fried chicken I ever tasted. I'm glad now that I couldn't find my lunch. You never had a lunch, and you know it. <laughs> you old goat, why don't you eat the paper plate, too? Oh, here's Mayor Terwilliger. Oh, what does he want? Well, 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 this is a merry little group. Miss Goodwin. How do you do? Judge? Ask the fried chicken? No, no, thank you. Oh, there, Gildersleeve. <clears throat> I'm uh, going to have to ask you gentlemen if I can borrow this lady for a little while. What? We're having a pie-eating contest after lunch. I'm going to require some assistance from the fair sex in judging it, and if Miss Goodwin here will do me the honor... I'd be delighted. Splendid. Oh, but uh, finish your lunch first. I've finished, thank you. Oh, let me assist you to your feet, then. But, Eve, you haven't eaten a thing. Eve, you're not going. Sorry, Gildersleeve, but duty calls. You said yourself, Throckmorton, three's a crowd. So I'll leave you two together. Excuse me. This way to the arena. Well, Gildy. And I wind up with you. Like to hold hands, Gildy? <laughs> oh, shut up. I've got a good mind to go home, but I'm not going to. I'll show her, and I'll show him, too. I'll show people who's the best man around here. I'm going to enter that pie-eating contest, and I'm going to win it. You do that, Gildy. You just do that. I'm going to. You just show her. You bet I will. You get into that contest and prove to her that there isn't a man in Summerfield who can make a bigger pig of himself than you can. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, could I have your attention for a moment, please? Yeah, what'd I tell you, Judge? He's going to make another speech. Now just keep your shirt on, Gildy. All you can do is be a good sport. Ladies and gentlemen, friends of Summerfield, I only hope you've all had as pleasant a time so far as I've had myself. Thank you, thank you. I know some of you have had a good time. There's a certain politician, for instance, who enjoyed winning the pie-eating contest. Why, you... Uh, I won't mention his name because he's my political opponent. 
<laughs> but I can tell you he's a little on the stout side. I wouldn't say he's exactly fat, but I understand one time he had the mumps for two weeks before he found it out. <laughs> Be a good sport, Gildy. Laugh. <laughs> uh, now, uh, we're not going to have any speeches today, folks. This is just a social occasion. At the same time, if I may take a moment, I would like to call your attention to one or two facts about the political situation at this time. Now, in the year 1776, what was Summerfield? 1776. In the year 1776, Summerfield was just a tiny village. But in that tiny village were all the seeds of the Summerfield that was to grow into the great and prosperous city of today. This could go on for days. The glorious tradition of Summerfield began to grow and expand. In the year 1812, what do we find? This isn't a speech, it's a filibuster, Judge. The year 1812 saw the establishment of Summerfield's first manufacturing concern. That concern, my friends, was the Summerfield Iron Works, whose sleds and washboards have since made the name of our city famous throughout the country. Is he going to tell about every business in town? We come to the year 1813, and what do we find? We the banner year of 1813. We want Gildersleeve. Hey, Gildersleeve, how about a song? Yeah, give us a song. Yeah, a song. Yeah, a song. Yeah, a song. Well, 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 now, uh, that's an idea. That's, yes. Uh, uh, we've all heard your reputation as a singer, Mr. Gildersleeve. Would you like to croon something for our friends? Well, I'm no professional. So I've heard. Uh, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I understand that as a singer, Mr. Gildersleeve is a howling success. <laughs> uh, he will now oblige us with a ditty assisted by the street cleaning department band. <laughs> You're trying to put me on the spot, Terwilliger. Well, sing and get off of it. Why, George, I'll... Well, uh, Mr. Leader, uh, do the fellows know Shine on Harvest Moon? We can try it, Commissioner. Key C only. Oh, fine, fine. Uh, harvest Moon, fellas, and do the best you can. One, two... Shine on... Shine on harvest moon Up in the sky I ain't had no loving since January, February, June or July It's no time Ain't no time to stay Outdoors in school So shine on Shine on harvest moon for me and my gal. Thank you, very much. Thank you, Mr. Gildersleeve. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if I may resume. We want another song. If I may How resume about my song, Commissioner. Yeah, give us another song. Well, I'll do my best, folks. Uh, go ahead and play something, Mr. Leader. If I know it, I'll join in. How about without a song? Without say, Oh, yeah, that's very good. Great. Without a song, the day would never end. Without a song, the road would never bend. When things go wrong, a man ain't got a friend. Without a song, a passion girl with heart so true. One who loves nobody else but you. I want a girl just like the girl that married me. Oh, 
sleeve. Now get off. Don't you wish I would? <laughs> if I may continue from the point at which I was interrupted, friend. We want another song. Yeah, give us another song. Mr. Gildersleeve has sung eight songs already. I, I'm afraid his voice is tired. Are you kidding? I'm as fresh as a daisy, folks. <laughs> uh, how about a song uh, uh, just for the lady? All right, ladies, your wish is my very command. Uh, Mr. Leader. <laughs> oh, sure, we know that one. Uh, number 18, boys. It's just a game the two are playing. Love is nothing but a game of chance. For the one who chooses very often loses. Love is never sure to be romantic. Danger always lurks in Cupid's arrows But he hasn't aimed at you and me If you are thinking of some other boy to love You may always know that you are free. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, ladies. Thank That's you. all, Gildersleeve. To Williger, I'll sing just as long as there's a demand for this stuff. You can sing all night for my dough, Commissioner. Well, thank you. Well, you can't sing all night for mine. Well, you can't stop me. Oh, yes, I can. Quiet, quiet. You there, leader. Uh, yes, Your Honor. Take that bunch of straight cleaners home. Or you'll all lose your brooms in the morning. <laughs> You were wonderful. Huh? Wasn't he wonderful, Miss Goodwin? He certainly was, Marjorie. Did you hear the way that crowd cheered? Well, I think he could run for president. Yeah, Uncle is a regular Sinatra. Yes. <laughs> run along, little boy, run along. I suppose you'd like me to run along, too, huh? Well, the sidewalk isn't wide enough for all of us, my dear. Why don't you and Leroy just walk ahead, huh? <laughs> Come along, Leroy. Give him a break. How much is there in it for me? Leroy. Okay, okay. Uh, that's a boy. Well... Shall we start home, Throckmorton? Oh, if you'd like. <laughs> I was very proud of you this afternoon, Throckmorton. Oh, that's so? Yes. I... I thought you handled a difficult situation very well. Hmm. Nothing much. <laughs> it could have been very embarrassing. You know, when Terwilliger got you up there to sing, he was trying to make you ridiculous. Ah, uh, that was his mistake. I think he found that out. Throckmorton. Yes? Nothing. <laughs> Eve, what's the use of bluffing? I can't be mad at you. Well, I can't stay mad at you. When you sing the way you did just now, oh, I don't know, something happens to me. Oh, well, that's because I was singing to you, Eve. Just you. Were you? You think I could sing that way to anybody else? Oh, darling. It's been so long. Uh, Eve. <laughs> hey, Uncle Pete, 
George, that's pretty nice. Listen to this, Marjorie. Huh? What is it? It's a letter from Maddie Parsons. Uh, she's Frank Parsons' wife. You know, the fellow that reads the meters for us? Oh, yes. What's she writing you about? Well, she just wanted to thank me for keeping him on the payroll those weeks when he was out sick, you remember? Mm -hmm. But listen to this, my dear. She says, By the way, Mr. Gildersleeve, I want to tell you how thankful we both are that Frank went in on the payroll savings plan at the water department. We've always tried to save money, but with one thing and another... It always seemed to slip away somehow. But now we've laid away a war bond every month for 17 months. It'll be a nice little nest egg. Luckily, we didn't have to cash in any of the bonds to pay for Frank's illness. But it was sure nice to know that the money was there in case we did need it. Well, is everybody down at the water department in on the payroll savings plan? Oh, the smart ones are, my dear. Because there isn't a better investment in this whole world or an easier way to save money. Think it over, folks. Good night. on this program was directed by Claude Sweet. This is Ken Carpenter speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company, makers of Parquet Margarine and a complete line of famous quality food products. Kraft invites you to listen in again next week for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. This is the National Broadcasting Company. That is the great Gildersleeve, May 21st, 1944, starring uh, Hal Perry as Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, sponsored by Kraft, as heard on NBC, Walter Tetley as Leroy, and you had Ken Carpenter doing the announcing, and I got to tell you, you need some help with that mirror? I'm going to give Ken a call. Call Ken Carpenter, because <laughs> he can hang he can it, or the, the Three job. Stooges. You know, she's going to ask me, folks. This is what she's. This was her whole thing. She was like, sending me. You know, I got this mirror. It's 130 pounds. Dan and I can't get it out of the car by ourselves. We can't really hang it by ourselves. And you know, I really want to get it and up like, on the. What are you doing tomorrow? By it. the way, and you know, I bought it at Crate and Barrel, and I really <laughs> want to see it on the wall. And yeah, so, and, what, and are what are you doing tomorrow? tomorrow? Yeah. Right. So, guess what? Guess who's going to go over there tomorrow? And help them. Do you think you could lift it? I don't mean it funny, but... Well, with Dan's help, I can. I hope it's so. It's a two-person job, yeah, obviously. Yeah, it is. Um, does he have everything you need? I mean, to mm -hmm. anchor it in the wall? 130 mm -hmm. pounds is a lot. Mm -hmm. does it he came have... with the. It oh, okay. came with it. All right, I'm there. Okay. Anytime after 3 p.m. tomorrow. Well, I, I'm going to sleep leaving in. Leaving early. We have a party Watch tomorrow. A <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll time, talk. <laughs> time for this month in music history. This is a song that was written in 1926, but it became huge in 1960. Are you lonesome? Is that me singing or is that Elvis? Oh, that's you. you. Oh, okay. that's the recording yeah. of I can you. never tell the difference. I know. You sound so much alike. Are you sorry? I remember when you did this after you had service in the U.S. Army. After yeah. that, then you came back and recorded the song, which right. was an immediate success, by the way. 
Does your yeah. memo and I met a girl out there in Germany. Her name was Priscilla. Mm-hmm. She was so beautiful. Yeah. Kind of young, though. Mm-hmm. Well, they all are. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Lisa. You forget your age sometimes. I think this is Elvis. I don't think this is me. Okay. It, I think you're right, but I really do get the two of you. Can, I know. Your voice is Everybody so does. Alike. Everybody yeah. does. Yeah. Are you lonesome you tonight? Elvis Presley or Carl Amari? Is your heart with pain? Uh, <laughs> you have to know the words, though. Again. Tell me, dear, are you lonesome tonight? Huh? Beautiful, Carl. not bad. Eh? Beautiful. I'm, I'm hoping to get a record gig. I, you've mentioned that before. I wonder if. And then I. This is where I like say like a you poem to you. You know, talk it through. You know, someone. You know, said you know. One time, play a part. I was. They this, had me playing in love. There was this hound dog right next to me. <laughs> and you and ain't was, nothing but one. And I was petting it, and it had a. I was shedding <laughs> all over the place. Plans, you know. You need to. You bath. read your lines so cleverly. <laughs> your hot dog just never missed a good a bath. And then, <laughs> this, then I met this to, young girl. You seemed to change. Her name was Priscilla. She had very high <laughs> hair. <laughs> very high hair. Just like uh, mine. All right. Thanks, Lisa. All right, Carl. More of Hollywood 360 and all our zaniness and after this work. But I'd rather go on. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right. In our next hour, Bob Bailey stars as yours truly, Johnny Dollar. That's Mike's favorite radio series, Lisa. Yeah. We're also going to play Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The music edition. That's right. There's a pizza on the line, but it's been a really long time since. Yeah. Anybody's won one. Wow. You might just have to buy us a pizza even though you win. I want sausage and mushroom on mine. I want spinach. Hmm. Maybe we could work something out. All right. So uh, let's let's one of us win a pizza, okay? Okay. How about it be me? Yeah, no. Okay. I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, That's all in our next hour. Oh, Johnny Dollar. Man, I love that. We're going to listen next hour. Stay with us. Hey everybody, Jared Sebastian, host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.